The SEC is set to make a big decision on U.S. Bitcoin futures, retail sales, B expectations, and Goldman Sachs crushes earnings results. This is the Running With The Money weekly recap. Let's get into it. is up and we are back. I'm your host Luke Donate and welcome to the Running with the Money weekly recap. Where not only are we going to go over the biggest headlines of the day, biggest analyst calls of today, but we're also going to go over the rest of the week. Now, if you haven't already given them a listen, go give the previous briefings of the past 4 days a listen. We do a briefing every single day here at Running with the Money, 15 minutes every day. We go over the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls in the major moments affecting the market um every single day. So definitely go give those a listen and go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at running one of the money or at Luke Donay. Either way, we're going to get in to the markets today and then we're going to shift into what happened during and throughout the week. So digging into today itself, we have the SEC rumored to allow the first US Bitcoin futures ETF to begin trading. Um, So according to CNBC and specifically a person on quote said to be within the SEC, um, basically saying they aren't likely to block these proposed ETFs, these futures ETFs by ProShares and Invesco. In fact, they're likely to allow them. Um, and really, the word on the street is, is that the SEC is going to let all of this go forward, at least when it comes to these Bitcoin futures ETFs, not direct um, Bitcoin-backed ETFs. So this is a big move by the SEC, especially if the decision is officially made here within the near future. A lot of crypto investors getting excited about the SEC's deliberations on this and the likelihood that they will allow these Bitcoin-based future futures contracts per se to go forward. We take a look and we see that cryptos are going nuts today. We have Bitcoin up 6% pushing those all-time highs currently sitting at 61930 bucks. We have Ethereum also pushing to the upside and a lot of the crypto market um, currently uh seeing quite a rally today. Either way, big, big decisions um, supposedly going to be made by the SEC in the near future to allow these U.S. Bitcoin futures ETFs to begin trading. Um, now, when it comes to those peer play ETFs backed by physical Bitcoins, um, that is not expected for quite a few months, um, but this is a right step in the direction here. Um, if you're a crypto believer, these U.S. Bitcoin futures ETFs, um, if they are approved within the near future, that's a big headline, that's big news, and that is good, um, at least according to the experts for the crypto industry. Now, shifting into retail sales and the expectations there. Well, retail sales beat expectations coming in at an increase of 0.7% in September. Now, um, economists, they had expected actually is 0.2% slip. They expected retail sales would slip 0.2% in September, um, but they actually increased 0.4%. So big stuff on a monthly basis. Um, and not only that, but all this data would suggest that retail sales increased 0.3% last month. So great data coming out of the retail sales, at least great for the bulls. Um, and many are saying this is very good data. Now you do have to take into account that inflation and therefore um, you see that so-called retail sales increased 0.3% last month, um, even though the headline numbers increased 0.7%. That is something to note. So you have to account 
account for some inflation in this calculation, but this is a good number and much better than the economist expectations of a slip of 0.2%. Um, and you also take a look here and you saw that what boosted it? Well, it was those higher prices. It was that inflation that boosted um, these retail sales numbers. But overall, the number was solid according to the analyst, according to the economist, according to the market. The market obviously today not seeing it as a major negative given that the Dow Jones is up a percent, over a percent. The S&P 500 um, up 28 points and the NASDAQ up 55 as we speak. So what did BMO Capital Markets in Toronto, um, senior economist over there, Sal Gutierrez, say about this? Well, he said, quote, the solid retail sales report reflects both consumer resilience and escalating prices. The main concern now is that the supply chain disruptions and microchip shortages appear to be spreading, limiting selection, and tampering down goods demand. So overall, the numbers were good, but we're worried about the future now. We're worried about what is going to happen here in the next few months because we're seeing these um, supply chain challenges grow worse, and therefore, this could harm in the coming months, uh, these retail sales numbers. So it's going to be something to pay attention to. This inflation, all these supply chain issues, definitely affecting the markets, but the retail sales number this morning beating the expectations, pretty darn solid. Now, Goldman Sachs. What happened with Goldman Sachs? Well, First off, I have to apologize. On yesterday's briefing, I said they reported after hours. I was wrong. They reported this morning. That was my mistake, um, and that one is on me. But we have to take a look at Goldman Sachs results regardless, so let's dig into it. We saw an earnings per share, $14.93, beating the expectation of $10.18 for the quarter. Revenue came in at $13.61 billion versus $11.68 billion, which was the estimate. So, Earnings, revenue, both beating the expectations by quite a darn bit. Now, profit at Goldman Sachs increased 63% to $5.28 billion in Q3, um, and revenue climbed 26%. So you saw a 26% increase in revenue at Goldman Sachs and a 63% um, increase in profit at the bank. Both very strong metrics, very strong numbers coming out um, of the quarter Q3. Now, Goldman Sachs also saw their investment banking revenue do great, up 88% um, in the quarter to $3.7 billion. Very, very um, good improvements being made in their investment banking uh, segment. And then you also saw revenue in the bank's market division. That increased 23% to $561 billion. And that was expected to slow down. So beating expectations there. And then surprisingly, you saw bond trading revenue also beat expectations coming in at $2 billion. And you saw equities trading revenue actually slightly miss coming in at $1.92 billion um, compared to the estimate of $2.08 billion, but overall, the numbers were rock solid here when it comes to Goldman Sachs. They delivered a very, very strong quarter, and the market's obviously seeing that way. Um, if you take a look at the current stock price of Goldman Sachs, it is moving to the upside, um, up 3.45%, um, pushing over $400 per share once again. Seemingly, um, looks like it wants to go all the way back up to those highs that we saw not all too long ago, and you take a look at the past three months, and Goldman Goldman Sachs is up 11%. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, what do we got? We got Piper Sandler upgrading Moderna to overweight. And Moderna was one of those names that got absolutely nailed over the past little bit here. 
In fact, you take a look at the performance, it's down 3.5% today, and if you look at the past three months per se, or the past month, it's down 25% in the past month. Ouch. But either way, what did Piper Sandler have to say on this upgrade to overweight for Moderna? They said, quote, we are upgrading Moderna to overweight from neutral with a 455, $445 price target. Shares have pulled back from recent highs and now represent a more attractive entry point. So a solid call by Piper Sandler and Moderna. The stock is currently down 11 points, so maybe it's a name to go take a look at. We have Cohen reiterating Amazon as outperform, saying, quote, Our survey data suggests that Amazon continues to improve the numbers of touch points along the consumer's path to purchase in the apparel and accessories vertical. Amazon is now the top location for consumers to begin a product search, to research a product prior to an online or in-store purchase, and a leading platform to complete the purchase. So basically, Cohen's saying, look, Amazon is the go-to for shoppers nowadays, and we believe in it. We believe in the company, and it's a buy. Amazon moving to the upside today, actually quite significantly um, than what it has in the past few weeks, moving up 96 points as we speak at the moment. We have Evercore, ISI, Adding Facebook to their tactical underperform list. Not the best call on Facebook ever course saying, quote, we see risk to Facebook shares into the Q3 print based on seven key factors, including four online retail challenges. More broadly speaking, we have become more incrementally cautious on the online advertising names. So they're worried about the outlook on Facebook simply due to all this regulatory and negative headlines against the company. And then we also have here, what do we also see? We also see this online advertising industry getting very cramped, a lot of competition coming in. Facebook has a lot of competitors, and Facebook doesn't have the best press and regulatory actions behind it at the moment. Evercore not liking that, um, putting it on their underperform list. Ouch. And then we have Jeffries reiterating Tesla as a buy, um, supporting their call with, quote, for some time, the narrative has been legacy OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, closing the gap. We see little evidence as Tesla continues to challenge at multiple levels. We raise EBIT and margin estimates in contrast with doubts about earnings momentum across legacy OEMs. So Jeffries here likes Tesla against the legacy names like your Ford and your G. They see Tesla outperforming those names in their raising estimates. Solid call by Jeffries on Tesla. And then finally, JP Morgan reiterating Penn National Gaming as a buy, saying, quote, we maintain our overweight rating on Penn, and we highlight the stock as an interesting idea into year end, given one, high short interest, negative investor sentiment, and two, undemanding valuation. So, they're basically setting a lower valuation here um, and a high short interest negative investor sentiment um, and Penn National getting some love over by JP Morgan with a reiteration as overweight. Now, taking a look at some of the other notable calls today, we also had Credit Seuss reiterating Tesla as neutral. We had Jeffries reiterating Tesla as a buy. We had Piper Sandler reiterating Netflix as overweight and Morgan Stanley reiterating Netflix as overweight. Netflix catching two overweight reiterations there to Day. And then the final and largest headline of today um, is this headline by Virgin Galactic or out of Virgin Galactic per se. Virgin Galactic stock absolutely getting nailed today. Ticker symbol space SPCE down 16.88% right now, currently at 20 bucks a share. Now, why? Well, they said they would delay um, any space any space flights now until next year as it refurbishes its vehicles. Ouch, not good. 
In fact, what are they doing right now? Well, this refurbishment process of these vehicles is going to take eight to 10 months to complete. And until that is complete, well, no more space lights uh, for Virgin Galactic. And well, that's what the company is all about. Um, in fact, they had more space lights scheduled. Unity 23, Unity 24, and Unity 25. Those were all previously announced timelines. And now those are off the table. Um, and people really don't know when those are going to happen now. Not good stuff out of Virgin Galactic. Um, and the company did originally say prior to this that they did plan on Unity 25 mission, which was supposed to be that start of commercial service um, in the Q4 of 2022. Who knows? Knows exactly. Um, apparently, that's when that's going to be. We'll see if that holds. Um, but some major delays coming out of Virgin Galactic. Not good stuff. Bank of America lowering their price target on the name uh, to twenty bucks a share from twenty five due to this uh, major delay. And quote increased uncertainty and lack of clarity. Not good stuff over there at Virgin Galactic. The stock getting nailed and in the past few months, it hasn't performed the best. It's down 33.68% in the past three months. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Now, before we go, I want to dig into what in the world happened this week. What happened from Monday through Thursday that led up pretty much um, to the Friday we're seeing the day, the rally we're seeing in the markets. Well, on Monday, we had Goldman Sachs coming out and lowering their 2022 GDP annual growth forecast from 4.4% to 4%. Not the best stuff there. And then they lowered their 2021 number or GDP annual growth forecast to 5.6% from 5.7%, citing annual or fiscal support from Congress in slower consumer spending recovery. Not good stuff there. Wasn't the best way to start off the week. Kind of started off pretty darn negative. Meanwhile, on Monday, you saw oil push up over 81 bucks a barrel. WTI crude um, and has pretty much held there steady, currently sitting at 82.14. I'm continuing to move to the upside. And then also Monday, we got that headline on the Southwest Airlines. Um, They canceled over 2,000 flights between Saturday and Monday. Holy smokes, that had to hurt. Um, And they've struggled throughout the week. If you take a look, the stock is down in the past five days, quite considerably down 6.38%, continuing to move to the downside today. Um, And, you know, Southwest came out and said it was shortages uh, here and there, basically, in in workers, um, and it was pilot issues, and it was this, and weather. Um, But really, the rumor was it was because of that vax mandate, and people didn't want to get the vaccine. Whether it was that or not, the company did deny that. Um, We will never know, but some interesting and negative action coming out of Southwest on Monday. So those were the two biggest headlines on Monday. And then we go in the Tuesday, and we got some jobs numbers. We have employment vacancies falling to 10.4 million from the previous month. That's 659,000 to the downside. So that was a positive number um, from July's uh, revised upside of 11.1 million. So the Labor Department jolts report coming out and showing some good jobs data. Hiring decreased though um, by 439,000 jobs to 6.3 million. Um, and really that decline was led by the accommodation and food services industries um, and payrolls in that industry as well dropped by 240,000 jobs. Um, so the jolts report showing some uh, actually some positive stuff out of um, really what we saw in the labor market. But at the same time, you have to take a look and you saw that an immense amount of people were also quitting their jobs. There was a record quit rate um, or nearly a record quit rate um, that rose to 2.9%, up 242,000 um, from the previous month that had a quit rate of 2.7%. That was a major headline. A lot of people quitting their jobs. Um, in fact, you took a look at the numbers there 
and 4.3 million people or workers left their jobs, the highest level since December of 2000. Ouch. Now, shifting into this call by the IMF, also that we saw on Tuesday on the IMF is the International Monetary Fund, and they slashed their growth expectations for the United States and the world. That was a major call. Um, so if you haven't given that a listen, go over to Tuesday's briefing and hear all about the IMF's call in essence, on the global and U.S. economies, lowering their growth outlook. And they pretty much warned the Federal Reserve um, and other, uh, basically, you know, these big federal banks, they warned them, hey, listen, um, you might have to raise rates before you want to. You might have to taper before you want to because inflation is starting to get out of hand. So that was not the most positive stuff coming out of the IMF either. And then Wednesday, we got CPI numbers, and those came in hot. The consumer prices overall increased 0.4% in September, um, pushing the year-over-year gain to 5.4%. Um, and the expectation was 0.3%. So inflation, according to those CPI numbers, continuing to worsen. And then you had J.P. Morgan beat expectations on Wednesday at as well. And then on Thursday, yesterday, we had those jobless claims numbers and weekly jobless claims dropped 36,000 to 293,000. So there's positive stuff coming out of the jobs market um, again on Thursday, but that produce price index on Thursday up 0.5% in September, another inflation indicator showing inflation continuing to heat up. So that was really weak. A lot of jobs data, a lot of inflation metrics um, that showed inflation moving to the upside, the jobs market somewhat improving, but not much. You had big banks lead off earnings on Wednesday, beating expectations. Um, and you also had two major warnings on the U.S. economy out of Goldman Sachs and the IMF on inflation. And that, in essence, the Federal Reserve is going to need to tighten quicker than expected. But that was the weekly recap, the biggest headlines of the day, the briefing for Friday. Thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. And we'll be back on Monday to talk the markets, talk the biggest headlines, the biggest analyst calls. In the meantime, go over to the guys over there at Pounding the Table and give them a listen. They have an excellent podcast, some of the best stuff coming out of the FinTwit community. In fact, in my personal opinion, the best. Um, And go check out last Saturday's episode. Go check out tomorrow's episode um, coming out. They drop an episode on Saturdays, and it's absolutely great content. You can go give them a listen at Pounding the Table on Spotify. Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Either way, thank you for listening to both the Pounding the Table team and Running with the Money. I'm Eastly Profit Trade On, and I will see you once again on Monday. Until then, do the research, trade on.